Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. Nailed it. Happy Midsummer Sunday morning. We're glad you're watching. No matter where you are, we're hoping that you're relaxing and enjoying this Sunday. Do us a favor, mm -hmm. let us know you're there watching from wherever you may be. Mm -hmm. Comment below, press the like button. Smash! Give it a smash. Smash the like smash. button. <laughs> yeah. Smash. Oh, that's right. We really like that. Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose all in one space? It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. We encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community that, and the support that you've been hoping for. Stop by Mayo High School, High School for one of our services at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. on Sundays. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to meet you. Mm -hmm. And here's the deal. We love Rochester and we love to serve mm -hmm. the city. Serve Day is right around the corner and we want you mm. to be a part of it. And with us on July 16th. That is next Saturday, Saturday morning. Saturday morning. This is a great opportunity to not just go to church, but be the church. Before you leave today, sign up for this amazing event for your whole family. We can't wait to make a difference. It's going to be great. We also want to say thank you for your obedience to God's word in the form of giving back to God through the giving of your tithe, which, if you don't know, is 10% of your income. If you are looking to give today, our, you can head to our website or text any amount to 84321. Enjoy the rest of online Sunday service. <laughs> Figaro, 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 Figaro. <laughs> As the spirit was moving and over the water, spirit come over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the spirit was moving over the water, spirit come over us. Come rest on us. 
Father, we thank you so much that you're here today and we acknowledge that you're here with us right now, Father. Jesus, we need a fresh wind from heaven, Father. I, uh, I said this during the, the first hour, and I'm, just, I'm a little more confident th- this hour, so I'm just going to say it, like, just get straight to the point here, okay? I believe that this generation of men have the best opportunity to reflect what it means to be a godly father or a godly man, and that's our calling, that the world has so many different things flying left and right and up and down and and just so many messages and all that stuff. And I I think a lot of times um, we as men, and again, I want you to hear this correctly, like a lot of times we can so easily just take take the back seat, but I just sense that the people of Echo here and the men that are sitting in the room, you know what? You should be proud that you're a dad. You should be proud that you're a man and be who God has called you to be. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. And, And let Jesus continue to transform you from the inside out. I'm, I'm telling you, when you start trying to transform yourself from the inside out or the outside in, it doesn't work. We need Jesus. Can everybody say amen? amen. Anybody glad to be here at Echo today? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Me too. Me too. I'm glad I'm here. I'm here. Hey, what's the biggest difference between um, a young man and a father? About 60 pounds. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Like, oh, like, ooh, you went a little too far today, Andy. You're messing with my waistline. <laughs> hey, we are in the middle of a series called uh, Rude Jude, and, and uh, in this, uh, this holiday weekend, it perfectly fits uh, within a message that Jude was writing to the local church of that time, and I believe it's, it's applicable for us today, uh, just to understand Jude, it's one of the shortest books in the Bible, and uh, so that, for whatever reason, is the reason, one of the reasons why I chose to talk about it all summer long, you know what I mean, like if, if you know what I'm saying, like we are going to be Jude professionals by the end of the summer, it's going to be awesome, uh, but the thing that Jude did is he lovingly addressed the local church, and he got straight to the point, just like beef jerky, cut and dry. <laughs> I am so lame. It's amazing. All we got is bad dad jokes. Uh, someone bought me recently a bad dad joke book. Actually, they bought me two. And all the way to Wisconsin, as we were going to visit our friends, uh, our, our family and their friends, too, just happened to be. And uh, uh, my eldest daughter read, read them to me, and Christy just sat there in the front row, just rolling her eyes. I mean, I can't believe she can open today, so uh, no. Uh, but hey, the text today, Jude 1.20, it says this, but you, dear friends, but you, dear friends, that's what Jude does, and he does it over and over in that short, 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 straight to the point book, as he reminds us that he lovingly cares for the local church. And in the same way, I'm sitting here and I feel like the Lord has presented a message to me to present to you. And I just want you to hear this, my dear friends, I care for you. That's what, what Jude is saying. Dear friends, dear friends, guess what I want you to do? Build yourself up in the most holy faith. That's the text today, Jude 1.20. You can memorize it, but dear friends, build yourself up within your most holy faith 
faith. My building experiences started with Lincoln Logs. Can I hear an amen? Anybody else? Can I, you want to date yourself back there? You, why did I use Lincoln? What was I building with Lincoln Logs? I, do you know what Lincoln Logs are, Rodney? I didn't think so. Um, so I was, <laughs> I'll show you to him later, I guess. Um, but you know, I'm glad, I'm glad this really makes reference to my audience. You know, first service people are like, what are Lincoln Logs? There are just logs and they, they, have, they have little like, um, pretty much you make log cabins, right? You can create a log cabin through them with all these little pieces that are actually wood. You know, believe it, believe it or not. And uh, anyway, so what I would do is I have this vivid memory of, of, of sitting on my, my um, carpet in my bedroom. And, and you know what's funny about the carpet? It was like the color of a calico cat. It was every color. It was just crazy. Remember those days? Yeah, slightly. It wasn't shag anymore. It was like flattened shag, you know, because it was that old. But anyway, all that, to say, my mom's going to kill me when she watches this online. So uh, happy Father's Day. Anyway, oh, yes, anyway. Uh, but anyway, so my, my building career, my, you know, I don't have a career, but my experience was with Lincoln Logs. And what I would build was garages for my Hot Wheels and homes for my G.I. Joes. Uh, it was just the best. I mean, I loved building. I, I just loved it. And, and, and there was one particular time where my dad was, was having the county uh, uh, dig us a pond because they were going to take the dirt and rebuild the road in front of our house. And they had to build it up because we kind of live on some low land. And uh, I remember uh, that particular moment in time where they clear cut this one spot out uh, where now the pond resides and where we swam in this weekend. It was, it was a blast. Uh, but then the woods was select cut. And I remember there was a bunch of branches like everywhere. And as a young boy, I saw that as an opportunity to build. And I, I, would co- I collected all of these these sticks, and I leaned it against the largest trees possible to make this lean-to tent. Has anybody ever done that in here? That was part of my building experience. I mean, that was my childhood. Now, lead me to, it leads me to, to, to truly my building experience, and that was in my junior year in high school. For those that don't know, I, I traveled around doing a thing called a snake board, and I was, I was more or less employed by them. I was a professional snake boarder, and I would travel around. Well, anyway, uh, I would go compete on all these different obstacles, and I would do horrific on what was called the half pipe. And so I remember looking at my sponsors, uh, sponsorship and told them, like, um, I live in Wisconsin. There are no half pipes here for sure in the winter. You know, if they are, they're made of snow. It's not going to do me any, you know, any good. And, and so anyway, they, they fronted me some of the material costs. And I looked at my dad and I said, dad, would you mind if we build this half pipe up in our attic of our barn? And he said, yes. <laughs> and that began the project. And, and, and in fact, I got a few photos here today. That's my dad and I. Yes, that, that's, that's me right there with a mustache. Uh, but my dad, I, he, he was coming from a board meeting or he was coming from uh, tr- after church. And we started the process of building this half pipe from nothing, right? And uh, one of the things that my dad would tell me and what he taught me, oh, come on, do you see that hair right there? 
Come on, do you see that awkward stage between middle school and high school and adulthood, you know? That was me, bleached blonde hair. Uh, you'll see here in the next one, amazing baggy pants eventually. But, uh, and that was the process. We built that ramp. And one of the things that my dad always told me as he was teaching me how to build, he said, if you're off an inch here, you'll be, an, you'll be off a mile there. That was something I remember. And then lastly, just to show you how big of a man I truly am, this is my prime. I almost wore those pants today. I still have them, and maybe one day I will bless you. Bless you with those. Yeah, my wife, my wife will not let me out of the house with those pink. They weren't Jinko pants, if those that know what those are, but they were similar, so... But my building experience started with those things. And, and what, one thing that I want you to hear just at the beginning of the message here is this, is what my dad didn't understand at that point was that we weren't just building, he wasn't just building a ramp with his son, but that he was building his son. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Well, my dad didn't understand at that moment that we weren't just building a ramp. He was building me. And if, so if I can lean in today and, and, and do this on a pastoral level, I just want to, no matter if you're a dad, you're, you're, you're a mom, grandpa, you're a son, you're a child, you're a retiree, whatever it might be, let me, let me just lean and tell you, but dear friends, build. That is your call. You are called to build. Yes, you're, you're called to build yourself up as the scripture mentions, but you're also called to build around you. If we look at the, the, the word build and the Greek word there in scripture and the etymology, it means to build upon, but then we really dig deep and you look at the root word of that meaning, it means to build upon or on or at or by. Someone needs to hear that by. You need to build by you and build before you. I can just tell you this is, is you are sitting here today and someone, someone did some building in your life. We are called to build. We're not only called to build ourselves, but we're called to build others around you. One of, the, one of my favorite things to do in scripture is to find a word like that and then see what, else, what other scriptures I can find that use that same word. And I found one here in Matthew 7, 24. If you have your Bibles open up to it, it says, so everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be a sensible man who built his house upon the rock. It's the same word. So when Jude tells us to build yourself up, it, it, it begins to remind us of Jesus' teaching where he's looking at us and said, if you want to be a sensible human, you need to build your house upon the rock. Because in verse 25, he explains the rain fell and the rivers flooded and the winds blew and beat against that house, but it did not collapse because the foundation was on the rock. Can I hear an amen? amen? And for those that didn't say amen, this is what Jesus tells you today. But everyone who hears the words of mine and does not, I'm sarcastic, by the way, don't kill me here, does not act on them is like a stupid man who built his house on the sand. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. 
But you really, if you don't build it upon the rock, it will fail. So when the rains fell and the rivers flooded and the wind blows and beats against the house, it will collapse. And it collapse, the collapse will be absolutely horrendous. I think one of the problems with society is this, is we are, we are surrounded by deconstruction. We are surrounded by the belittling of so many different people and different groups or ways or thinkings or, or, or process or political parties, whatever it might be. We are just absolutely surrounded by criticism. And, and, and my, rude state, my rude Jude statement for you today is this. You'll never construct something. You'll never build something that you're consistently deconstructing or criticizing. I want you to hear that you will never build up someone you're consistently criticizing. I don't know who you are. I don't know how you came in here, but you need to hear that we will never build up the faith that God has called not only for ourselves, but those around us if we are just steeped into this horrific habit of tearing everybody down, including ourselves, you will never build up someone that you're consistently criticizing. Uh, Christy, would you mind giving me the tool that I have brought here today? Can you hear it for my beautiful wife, Christy? Thank you. Thank you. I love the sawzall. Anybody love the sawzall here? Yeah! <laughs> I love destroying things. Can I hear an amen? Anybody else agree with that? It is so fun. It is so fun. I love cutting trees down. It's just amazing. I, I'm not with a sawzall, but with a chainsaw. I'm dangerous, mind you. I, but just to let you know, just to make you freak out a little bit, I get hurt doing every project around the house. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. I had way too much, way too much of uh, that watermelon lime drink from Re Reverb, which by the way, they should probably stop, start a coffee shop soon. So um, if you didn't get one, that's absolutely amazing. But uh, the issue with us is that we're walking around our world with a sawzaw and forgetting the impact. God wants us to have around us. I mean, let me be really, really corny. We're carrying the sawzall and we're not carrying the tool that builds the impact driver. And when we carry around a sawzall, I'm telling you what, criticism becomes king and deconstruction becomes just a, a rhythm and it's just so easy to pick and prod and, and, and display the things that are, that are a problem or an issue and, and, and the sawzall just becomes so entertaining. <laughs> I made a mistake about a year ago and I bought a Airstream I've been working on it for the last year, and, and uh, it started out so fun. Man, it was just such a blast because I used the Sawzall, and I destroyed a lot of things. And, and, uh, and, and man, but the, the, what I realized is that the more involved in the deconstruction of, of that project, the bigger the project it became. 
And, uh, and, and what I want to remind us today, no matter who we are, is that God is calling us to construction over deconstruction. Recently, I've noticed a, a, a little bit of a, a mental shift in my second-born daughter. I mean, she's really buying into... <laughs> deconstruction, you know, and, and, and she's so good at pointing out all the problems. You all know, you have a child like that anywhere? Okay. And, uh, and, and recently it's, it's been, it's been kind of a habit of hers to just identify the problem. And she's, so she's talking about her sisters and, and maybe she's talking about school or, or maybe a class or whatever it might be. So this recently has been a lot of complaints. And, and, and just last week we had a, a couple young boys driving through our neighborhood with a hopped up large, amazing truck that was really, really loud. And they were taking a tour around our cul-de-sac, which was making, a few of the moms in the in the cul-de-sac a little nervous and my wife being mama bear stood up and just kind of stopped them in the middle of the street you know no big deal and just encouraged them to slow down and find another neighborhood (laughs) she didn't say that she didn't say that but I think my middleborn heard her like that and felt as if these boys were like straight bats out of hell and they were going to destroy the neighborhood and our life as we know it. And so that evening and that night, uh, in the middle, about 2 a.m. in the morning, Kaya comes, oh, I said her name. She came into, I'm going to have to buy her a lamp or something after church. Uh, that's, a, that's an inside joke. If I make fun of Christy too much, I have to buy her a lamp on stage, you know, like, like, you know, just not too many illustrations of Christy. Uh, it's not good for the pocketbook. But 2 a.m., my daughter's not sleeping. And it's one thing to have your daughters come in and jump in bed, and you're like, okay, nice, we love you, get out of here, and send them to bed, and then they go to bed. Well, literally for about an hour, she was, she was literally from the other room going, Dad, I can't sleep. And we were like, what is your problem? And she's like, Dad, I think the world's going to end. And she's had all the list of different things. And then eventually she's like, I think those boys are going to come here. Back to the truck. She literally thought those people were going to come in and break in because they like driving in a loud truck. I mean, it was it was just such a you know eye-opening scenario and story within our an experience in our life. And what I realized was this: is it, it comes natural to find the problem. And some of you feel gifted because you can find the problem. I just want to tell you this. It's always easy to identify the problem. It's much harder to find the solution. And that's what the sawzaw is all about. Is we think we've got this gift and we can carry it around and we can criticize it, we can deconstruct it, we can break it down, we can identify the problem and and some of us feel like we're absolutely gifted in that area and what I want to tell you today is you are not called to just be people of deconstruction, you are called to construct. And if we're going to, I mean, when I read scripture, I don't read it like this, dear friends, Deconstruct the world around you. No, he says, build yourself up in the most holy faith. Anyway, I'm talking way too much about my daughter, so I must move on. Let me tell you three things we're called to. 
when it comes to building. We are called to construct. I've already said, I'm going to say it again. We are called to construct. Second Peter 1, 3, and 5, and 7, 5 through 7 says something in the way of this. God's power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Let me, let me say that again. God's power has given us everything we need to build our lives up in godliness through our knowing the one who called us to his glory and goodness, which is, by the way, Jesus Christ. For this very reason, try your hardest to furnish your faith. There's that word. Try your hardest to build your faith. I love when scripture connects one to another. Build yourself in faith with goodness and goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with perseverance, perseverance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. So my dear friends, build your relationships with goodness, with knowledge, with self-control, perseverance, godliness, and affection. You know what it doesn't say here in 2 Peter 1.3? It doesn't say this, build your family's faith with rudeness, knowing it all, flying off the handle, giving up, or having a form of godliness or stonewalling. That is not what it says. It does not say deconstruct the relationships around you because you, because Jude's a little rude, you feel like you get to be one too and the, around the people that matter the most. So today I want to lean in and just give you a little bit, a few handles to walk away. I think if we're going to build up our faith and build up other people's faith around us, if we're going to put ourselves on the foundation that will not shake, what we need to do is begin to understand what the right tools and the right materials are. The right tool and the right material is this, is God's word utilize God's word to lean in and apply and, and to observe and, 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 and to ask the Holy Spirit to just uh, invest that goodness within your heart and into your life. I don't think we can be the builder that God wants us to be if we have the wrong tool. We were helping my brother-in-law at the pond uh, that we had built years ago and swimming into this last weekend. Um, and my dad uh, was like, hey, would you mind putting these posts into the ground so then the dock doesn't go every which way and, you know, you know whatever flips like it had. And my dad hands me this little hammer. <laughs> so you can imagine it's like six feet tall. I'm like going ting, 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 ting. The right tool matters the right tools, God's word. How about this? If you're going to become the builder that God wants you to be the right time, you need to understand the right time. And every wise individual that's accomplishing anything in, in life understands this one principle. The right time is today, not tomorrow. And so often, we just kind of procrastinate, uh, procrastinate the idea of being the person that God wants us to be. Many of you come in here and you love the idea of, of God doing a work in you. And I would just simply say this, the right time to build is today, not tomorrow. How about this one? You want to become the builder that you want to be? You're building your home. You're building your workspace. You're building yourself. You need to have the right tone. 
Uh, how about this? Has anybody ever moved a piece of furniture with somebody else in, in, the, in, in the house that you live with? It's about the right tone. <laughs> Pick that up. It's about the right tone in scriptural. Scripture uses this word, affirmation. When's the last time you articulated worth to a person that you love and care for? And guess what? Don't tell them tomorrow. Tell them today. So it's the right tool, the right time, right tone. And how about this? This is by far my favorite, favorite point of the day. Have the right team. That's what I love about Echo Church. That's what I love about table communities. That's what I love about the serve team is you, you and so many individuals that are sitting here today have surrounded themselves with people who are building their self up and also on mission to build everybody up around them. You are missing an opportunity if you do not place yourself in the right team. Because I can tell you this, any kind of project you're working on will get old. Because you know what? Solo work always grows old. And if you come into this space and you're a little worn out and, and you're a little overwhelmed or you're a little bit burnt out, I would suggest to you that it's potential, there's a potential that you're doing this thing called life alone. We're called to construct. The second thing we're called to do is this, is we're called to count the cost. We're called to count the cost. Listen to this scripture. Luke 14, 28 says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Don't you sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough capital to complete it. We are called to count the cost of building, not only building ourselves, but building those around you. How about this? First Corinthians 3.10 says this, but let each one of you be careful how he or she builds, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has already been laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now this is where it gets kind of rude Judish. Some will use gold, silver, and precious stone to build on this foundation, while others will use wood, grass, and straw. But each one's work will be shown for what it is. The day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test the quality of each of your work. called to count the costs. There's two ways to count the costs. You count the cost of what you can afford and what you can build. But let me say it like this. I, I want to give you an alternative angle. When's the last time you estimated the loss for not building today? In the, comment, uh, in, in the current state of inflation. This is a perfect example. What did it cost you today because you chose not to build yesterday? There's someone that came in to hear. You, you, have, you have processed through faith. 
you've been timid, you, you've, you've, you've questioned whether or not you fully go all in. And I, I just wanna, I, 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 let me just do it. Let me get on my knees here. Let me just beg you, make the move today. Make the move today. Count the cost of not going all in with Jesus today because it could cost you way more than you ever want to pay. Some of you, you are steeped within sin. You're making poor decisions. As scripture makes reference to sin, you are missing the mark in life. And it's because you have not yet gone all in with Jesus. Count the costs. Count the cost today that if you don't make that move today, what it might cost you tomorrow. We're called to count the cost. How about this last one? We're called to construct ourselves, to build ourselves. So let me ask you this question. What are you building upon? What is your foundation? What are you standing on? We're all building something and we're all standing on something that has been built before us. Do you know what you're standing on? Do you know what you're building? And, 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 and let me just tell you a story here. Just a couple of years ago, and uh, when I say a couple of years, I'm at a certain age now where it's like when I say a couple, it could be two years or 20 years. It's all a couple of years now. Time doesn't matter when it happened, but bottom line is I found myself angry, a little bit confused. I, I, I was a little anxious about a, a few different things. And I start kind of seeking the Lord and asking him what was going on. And, and in some way, somewhere in some form along the way in life, I had become so selfless that I forgot about myself. And someone here today on both sides needs to hear this. There is a balance between selfishness and selflessness that we're all called to find. The point is this. You will not be able to build up around you if you yourself are depleted because you are crumbled. Find the median, find the space, find that accountability of people that, that believe in the same thing that you believe in. And when it comes to healthy balance of work, life, family balance, I'm telling you what, we are called to build ourselves up. If I can say it like this, being a great father, being a great person is like shaving no matter how bad or how good you shave today, you get to do it again tomorrow. And we are being called to build once again. Remember how I told you at the beginning of this message that, uh, you know, I played with Lincoln Logs and I loved G.I. Joes and, and Matchbox cars and how that was the beginning of my building experience and then eventually went to a lean-to, uh, you know, a lean-to against the largest tree on the property and then eventually went to the ramps. I want to tell you this, if my dad hadn't given me or walked with me through the experiences of building that ramp, I would have never built a rock climbing wall in my garage. I would have never done the renovation projects within the houses that I've owned. I, I would have never built the holy shed down below and I for sure would have never brought, bought and I should have never bought an Airstream to renovate it. 
And I would just tell you this, is the decision for you to, to buy into this idea that God is calling you to construct, that God is calling you to build yourself up and to build those uh, people around you to find a certain level of health in pursuit of Jesus. I'm telling you what, there is an impact that we truly will never understand if we're faithful. We're partnering with Jesus and building us from the inside out. Jesus, all across this room, we, we pause. We cannot on our own build anything that will last. The right tools, the right material, God, we, we, have, we have tried with wood, hay, and stubble, and fire for many of us has determined whether it, you know, whether really the worth of our own building. So today, once again, all across this room, we just say, Lord, we cannot do this without you. Would you build? Your scripture says you will build your church. And the church isn't a building, the church is the people. And today our prayer is this, is would you build us? So many things were said today, God, but there's so many different people that could take it in so many different ways. Holy Spirit, would you start your work today, God, that you would directly speak to people about what needs to be done next, not tomorrow, but today. Lord, would you have your way? In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Echo Church, would you mind standing up as we preparing to respond to these words and allow the Holy Spirit to continue to his work? The one thing we do every week is we surrender. And we put Jesus as our foundation, as our solid rock. We intentionally build upon what Jesus has built and we do it together. Some of you might've walked into space and you're new to church or you're new to your faith, you feel far from God. This is a great opportunity for a first nail to be uh, hammered into the stud. Would you pray this with us today? Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Let's take a moment, allow the Holy Spirit to continue this message in our heart and our life today.
done before in greater measure he will do again so there's no prison wall you can't break through no mountain you can't move no things are possible and there's no victory and now you see this
chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Amen, amen. Thank you, Andy, for such a powerful word. On days like today, I love it on so many levels. Number one, I love the application. I think we can all be here today looking at our lives and saying, God, who am I supposed to build up? What am I supposed to build? One of my favorite things about God is it's never too late. And maybe some of you are here today and it's a season where it's rebuilding. Maybe it's starting from scratch. Maybe it's gathering around people in this room and telling them maybe a dream that you've let lay dormant, but let's be people who build each other up. Amen. And with it being Father's Day, I think too of just the power of us thinking of the people who have shaped us beyond our dads. Dads are awesome. Grandpas, just mentors, coaches, but let's be people who show honor and give honor to those who have helped shape us and build us. And so that's my application for you. That's my challenge. And let's have a day of celebrating. Amen.